y'all, this is Amy. And this is Meg. And we're 1096 Crime Chicks. And today we're going to do a good one. Darley Routier. Real quick, some of the sites that we used. Texas Monthly, The Last Defense. And then, yeah. uh, not Wikipedia, Murderpedia. Murderpedia. Yes. Which is one of my favorite sites to go to. So what really hangs me up and the thing at least gives me reasonable doubt is the timeline. Mm -hmm. The timeline of events from the stabbings occurring to the 911 call to the police getting there. I think that's what gives me the biggest hang up and thinking that she just didn't have enough time to do it all right i don't think she had i don't it. think yeah. i don't think so either because and it was something else that i read and i wish i could remember where it was and if i could even find it but from what has been said by forensic i'm i'm wanting to say like oh my goodness medical examiner okay. type people yeah. that from the time that the boys were stabbed, it was only this amount of time before they died. Yeah, they said you know? it's six minutes. They said okay. Damon in particular. Damon right. was the one, the one that was still alive when they got there, Devin. They said Devin's wounds were so severe that he could not have survived, in their estimation, longer than six minutes. Mm -hmm. from. So the 911 call was five minutes and 42 seconds. Right. So that's the length of, yeah. I, I mean, that's 18 more seconds. Yeah, like literally, even even give them a couple more minutes. Even, right. say, eight minutes. Mm -hmm. It's still, so this means she stabbed the boys. The pyramid, da Damon was the one still breathing when they got there. So they, you know, they gave him, well, someone, someone gave him nine minutes, but probably no more than six certainly no longer than nine so that was the time frame they gave right probably six certainly no more than nine so how how in the world they're saying how in the world darley stabbed her sons she ran to the garage she stepped through the slit in the window screen or jumped the back fence ran the 75 yards down the alley dropped the sock ran back stabbed herself cleaned up all of her blood at the sink staged the crime scene with the vacuum cleaner and all that and then called 911 yeah, it's just not... For a 5 minute and 44, 5 uh, minute and 42 uh -huh. second phone call, and he was still alive when the cops got there. Yeah. It's just not... I just it, don't think that's possible. It, it's not. It's just, it just not cannot be. possible. There's too many things that had to have been done. And I mean, obviously her wounds were life-threatening as well. Right. Because I'm showing on a timeline that I have kind of... It's just a very small amount of timeline, but she arrived at the hospital at 325 in the morning okay. and was in surgery at 340. Oh, wow. So it was yeah. definitely they a major... Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. She didn't get there. And, right. Yeah. They looked her out. They took her straight to surgery. Mm -hmm. And she spent the night in ICU. So the timeline, though, is certainly what gives me the most pause. She, 100%. I just don't think there was... I just can't imagine that there could have been enough time for all of that to occur. And then again, why, did she, why would she have run that sock down the alley? And why would she have not just... If she wanted the cops to find the socks, so if they're using the socks, so they're saying, oh, she planted it to throw people off. But if she wanted to do that, like, why wouldn't she have thrown it closer to the house or towards the end of the driveway? Or even right outside the window. Right, exactly. Like, why would she have run it 75 yards down the alley where maybe no one even found it? Like, easily, nobody would have even found that. And thing. I, just I honestly been... think from what I remember reading from way back in the day, yeah, that they accidentally found it. Yeah, like it yeah, wasn't they weren't something. Even for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, if she, so if she had wanted. I don't know. If she was really trying to use it to throw them off. That was really stupid. Mm -hmm. I don't. She wouldn't have. Done, I don't think she would have run it that far down the alley. It's just a weird piece of evidence. I have no. I just don't really know where to put it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not. It's a like glove. the slash in the screen. It's like the slash in the mm -hmm. screen. It's just a weird. I just don't get a sock unless they right. grabbed it in the utility room because oh, they went through the true. utility room. But still, yeah, true I don't know about the utility room. I mean, what. it's it's weird. It doesn't fit in anywhere. The sock doesn't fit. No, I mean it's not a glove. It's not a towel. It's not a shirt. It's a, a sock. sock. Darren sock. One. With yeah. two little drops of blood yeah, on it. Two I just tiny drops. It doesn't fit anywhere. No. The sock doesn't fit anywhere. And neither does the screen being cut with a knife from inside the house. But I don't know if that was if that was ever proven. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I, I don't remember if they said this was certainly matter from the screen or it's like consistent, consistent. with. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would venture to say that it was more consistent with. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. That piece didn't fit very well either. So. It's certainly, though, the timeline that gives me the most pause. The other thing that definitely gives me a lot of pause is the motive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because... Why did Darlie kill her sons? 
Yeah. Why would she? She was like the mom of the neighborhood yes. that everybody loved. Yes. She loved her kids dearly. Yes. You know, she had a brand new baby. I mean, I would think if right. you don't want kids, why are you having another baby? Well, and any uh, mom that we've seen killer kids, two things about any mom that we've ever seen killer kids. One, any mom that we've seen killer kids, we've talked about this, Susan Smith, mm-hmm. Diane Downs, also crazy mom who drowned them. Andrea Yates. A little different scenario. She's, she admitted it. I mean, but nonetheless, any mom that we've seen killer kids kills all of them or tries to kill all of them. All Correct. of Diane's kids didn't die, but she tried to kill them all. Any mom that kills her kids who no longer wants to have kids, kills all of her kids. She doesn't just kill two of her kids. Mm-hmm. Arguably, to me, if she didn't want to have kids anymore or she wanted, I don't see why she would have killed two of them, but arguably to me, she left the hardest one. To me, the seven-month-old's the hardest kid. Her other two were in school all day. Like, right. to me, if she's trying to get rid of having kids, like, why'd she leave the baby? He's yeah. the neediest. Like, he, to me, I, I can't imagine why she left Drake alive anyway so to me that is one of the things any mom that we see kill kids or want to kill kids kills all of her kids and usually it's because of especially in the case of diane downs and susan smith right. they have a lover who does not want children that's the that that's even bigger to me than why did she leave drake alive was that the, there was usually a mode or there is a motive with diane mm-hmm. downs and susan smith there's a motive of there's generally a backstory there's a lover there's there's some reason someone doesn't want the kids and but nobody she wasn't having an affair darley wasn't nobody came forward saying yes you know i was having an affair with her and I, there, there wasn't there wasn't a motive yeah. There just was no motive. And also used really heavily in the prosecution was that they did it for money for the boys' life insurance. Mm-hmm. It's laughable. I know. The boys' life how ins- much was it again? The boys' life insurance was $10,000, $5,000 policy on each of them, mm-hmm. which is totally normal. We have policies on our kids like that. Uh-huh. Maybe $5,000 policies, $8,000 policies carried through my husband's work, but it's for funeral and burial expenses. So anyway, they have $10,000 on the boys combined, 5000 on each. Guess how much the funerals cost combined? Funeral and burial. How much? Fourteen thousand. <laughs> they paid more for funeral and burial than they even had in life insurance. So right. how in the world could they have done it for money? What Again, they, grasping at straws. Grasping right. at straws. And I, but I don't even think that was presented properly to the. No. One hundred percent, it was to not to the jury because but that's then, stupid. Right. And do you know they buried them in the same casket? Did they really? They, mm-hmm. huh. they said they were always together in life. And then they wanted Well, and they were a year apart. They were a year apart. They did everything together. And they said they just wanted them to be together again. Mm -hmm. So they're in one coffin. Also to save on expenses for one coffin. 100%. And it was still $14,000. Cost more than they even had on insurance. So anyway, that's junk. That's totally junk and should have never even been allowed to be Mm -hmm. brought up because that's no motive. But anyway, that was used heavily. And on the last offense, they were talking to the lead prosecutor, and he was like, well, you know, they had just applied for a loan and were turned down. And and they asked him, the, the person hosting last offense said, do you know how much insurance they had on the boys? He said, I think about 5000 each. And they said, do you know how much was spent on the funerals? And he said, no. And they said 14000 He was like, oh, well, anyway, there were several other reasons. He totally dismissed I mean, uh-huh. he, to- he totally dismissed it. But anyway, to me, there was just absolutely no motive. There was no motive for Darren, and again, I, Darren Skeevy, but... I will say, I think Darren had more of a motive than Darley did. Ooh, what do you think Darren's motive would have Well, been? again, this is stuff that I remember reading from back in the day, but I think that I read somewhere that he had, like, a lover at some oh. point. Like, had, had an affair. Oh. Nothing, I think, very, like, big, okay. but... And then I think that he was, well... There's no thinking. I remember reading this that he was trying to get insurance money. That yes. To help pay okay. incur for costs yep. of stuff. And so he had talked to some people to come in and maybe, you know, stage this. He had once talked to someone about staging a burglary. So his business was twenty two thousand dollars in debt. Yep. So, you know, he asked around, hey He asked Darley's stepdad. So, like, it's weird that this whole family is, like, in cahoots. I know. It's weird. So, he admitted, yes, he asked Darlie's stepdad if he knew anyone who might break into the family's house as part of an insurance scam. Mm -hmm. And once the items were stolen, Darren would go retrieve them from the quote-unquote burglar and then pay the burglar out of the proceeds from the insurance claim. 
So that's so weird. So this was not I, obviously. I was coming. <laughs> when I asked Darren, I was talking to Darren. No. So anyway, so they they asked Darren if he made such a statement, and he denied it. But then there were affidavits that Darley's stepfather and Darren signed that he admitted that mm -hmm. he that that he wanted to stage this burglary or whatever. He said, you know, yes, he talked to people about it, that he could have had these conversations. But then, I mean, a good question though, is could Darren and Darlie's parents together have made this up just to introduce another possible suspect? I mean, that's possible. They could have, just to bring anyone else into the story. Right. Let's just say we, maybe it was this person. Let's just try to bring anyone else in. So. Right. I don't know how much I trust any of them. I just don't. Especially not the officers. I'm sorry. No, I don't trust the officers. I don't really trust Darren. Um, Why would he have gone to Darley's stepdad to even... He must have been some sort of a shady character. I mean, if anyone came to your dad and was like, hey, would you possibly, like, start a bird... I just... I don't get it. I my don't. dad would laugh at them. That's what I mean. It's <laughs> gross. Like, who would, who would even entertain such a thing? I would turn him in. If, yeah. that, was, if that was my kid's husband... That was my daughter's husband asking me to stage a burglary. I would go to my daughter and be like, divorce this creep. Right. Like, gross. Yeah. It's just weird. 100%. It's a shady, it's a shady, shady thing. So anyway, so yes, Darren. But to me, if this is the case, but to me, this does introduce an alternate suspect that could have done it. So if this is true, if Darren had been looking for someone to break in and steal things, I, I think about this a lot. So did he find someone to do it? Were they breaking in that night? Was someone breaking into the house that night, be it one person or two people? Were they breaking into the house like Darren had asked? They and they weren't expecting them to be sleeping in the living room. One hundred percent, it could be legit. Uh, yes, it could be. So legitimately, was someone going to break in the house that night? And maybe Darren even left the door unlocked for them. Maybe they weren't didn't have to break in. Darren could have left the door unlocked, and they were like, "Okay, we got to stage this thing. So I'm gonna grab the knife. I'm gonna run and slip the screen. Let's kind of stage it." Uh -huh. So maybe they did. Maybe he left the door unlocked. They came in. They grabbed a knife. They slit the screen before they even did anything to the children. Maybe they did. They walked in. They slit the screen. They kind of got everything staged, and then they went, right. oh, crap. A kid woke up. Right. They saw the kids. They and maybe even Darlie didn't even know about it. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't think Darlie knew about it. Right. No. I kind of don't think she did. Yeah. I mean, I could see in a way her wanting to get the money because obviously she obviously she wanted things for herself. Yes, keeping up appearances. But she had the Cancun trip. I don't know. I just. But I, maybe he kept it from her because he realized, right. like, I, I don't know if she knew the depth of the trouble they were in financially. Maybe he kept it from her because he knew that she would have freaked out or not left. I don't know, though. I don't know that she knew about it. But nonetheless, to me, though, that introduces the biggest scenario that was possible he had someone break in they probably didn't even have to break in but they got in and they saw them in the living room and thought oh crap maybe like I said maybe a boy woke up mm -hmm. and so they didn't break in with a murder weapon like we said why was right. a knife from inside the house used they didn't break in with a murder weapon but if a boy woke up or something they grabbed a knife from the knife lock and had at it yeah 100% I could see that happening and maybe Darlie woke up maybe they maybe they slit her throat maybe she woke up and that was the easiest way to make her be quiet. Maybe yeah. she like woke up and was like, ah. That was just mm -hmm. the easiest way to make her Or be even quiet. like. Maybe slit her neck. If she saw them and slit her, or, you know, she's like, oh my God, oh my God, my babies. Yes. So maybe one of them. Fastest way to shut her up. Yeah, or maybe one of them went after the boys and the other one went after her. After and Darlie. it was kind of like. Those, those bruises on her arms. I know, I know. But she didn't remember that. She didn't mm -mm. remember any of that, which is interesting to me. I mean, there was a psychiatrist interviewed her and said, like, it was classic symptoms of, of just shock, of it, that mm -hmm. kind of amnesia, that it's normal. 100%. And to me, I, I've never seen that, and I've clearly never experienced it, so I think it's easier, easy for us to be like, how do you forget? There's no way you can forget that, but apparently that's a common, uh -huh. a common. Especially when she was asleep. Right, woken out of so, a dead sleep. So something that was talked about heavily in the trial and – not as a motive, but just as a, I think, to shed some, I don't know, light on Darlie's character, or character assassination really is what they were trying to do with it, but that Darlie had been depressed. She had been under, just having some postpartum depression, and she admitted to mm -hmm. that she had some postpartum depression after Which is after very drug. normal. Totally normal. She hated 
feeling fat and she felt really fat. She like had 20 pounds to lose after Drake was born and she was just kind of depressed. I bet her boobs were amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So her triple D's while she was breastfeeding. So in her diary, and this is a quote, this is one month before the, one month before the, before the murders. She said, I hope that one day you'll forgive me for what I'm about to do. My life has been such a hard fight for a long time and I cannot find the strength to keep fighting anymore. I love you three more than anything else in this world and I don't want you to see a miserable person every time you look at me. Your dad loves you all very much. I know in my heart he will take care of my babies. Please do not hate me or think in any way that this is your fault. Which to me points straight at suicide, suicide. and not I'm going to kill you. Yes, it's not, it's not, a, it isn't. Yeah, to me that absolutely does not in any way point to that she was going to hurt her children, but yes, that she was suicidal. Mm -hmm. So one of her best friends named Barbara, Barbara also worked for Darren, Mm -hmm. and she said that Darlie told her she had taken all these sleeping pills out of their wrappers, and she was writing a suicide note, and Darren walked in. Busted. Yes, busted. And so she also had told Barbara that if anything happened between her and Darren if she left Darren or anything like that that she was afraid that Darren's mom Sorilda was going to try to take the children away from her if she man what a name I'm sorry Sorilda yeah Darley and Darley yeah and got one mama Sorilda and one mama Darley but so she was afraid if she admitted to her depression or if anything like that that Sorilda was going to try to get the kids so Barbara urged Darley to see a counselor to get help anything like that because something bad is going to happen but again this something bad really just looked like it was going to be her killing herself. Right. And why in a depression, usually you're not moved to kill your kids. Mm-hmm. You're moved to kill yourself. Right. So no intent to harm her kids was ever found, but prosecutors still really hounded on her depression. So what Darley says about this blah feeling, she didn't say depressed. She just said she felt super blah. But she said that it was because she hadn't gotten her period in more than a year. So it was these crazy, like, PMS feelings because she had just had a baby and then once she started her period she said she didn't feel suicidal anymore she snapped out of it she snapped out of it her cycle regulated right she felt better but i'm just gonna say as a person that in the past has had horrible cycles i 100 would be over the moon for not having a period yeah, for, for a over year, a year. Like, yeah 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 so I, mean, I don't know i don't know how that plays into it i don't know how not having a period for more than a year made her depressed but I think she was just pointing to she had had these crazy hormonal ups and downs of pregnancy and then post-pregnancy and mm-hmm. then waiting for period. and so once all that kind of once her hormones even down a little bit got on her normal right cycle again that she felt a lot better mm-hmm. so and I can see that they right just regulated themselves so anyway she said she felt a little bit better and people that saw her in the weeks before the murders didn't say that she seemed different or depressed right. or anything. She yeah, seemed normal. Yeah, she was normal. Yeah, she normal seemed Darlie. normal to everyone around her. A psychiatrist interviewed Darlie 14 hours after her arrest, after her arrest, and she said she thought Darlie was telling him the truth. She thought she was telling the truth about the attacks. She thought she was telling the truth, like I, we were talking about this earlier, but about her loss of memories, about certain details that night. And she said that was just traumatic amnesia mm-hmm. and then she said that happens frequently following emotionally overwhelming events and that was not that was not weird to her and right the, and the the defense just what i don't know you know they hired a really famous defense attorney doug Mulder, mm-hmm. but it just seems like the defense did not bring up enough of this no i i think i didn't know there was a psychiatrist that interviewed her and said that was totally normal I yeah didn't, i didn't either i didn't i didn't know a lot of this stuff i didn't know that we'll talk we'll go into the silly string later but i didn't know that her sister purchased the silly string and right. that they had an appropriate ceremony prior to the birth mm-hmm. i didn't know a lot of this stuff so did the defense just suck or did we just not know about that but the well, jury already had their minds made up i think it could be both yeah. i think that part of it is the media obviously like we said earlier just loves like to, show that. to look at the negative yeah but then again, I think that the defense attorney also didn't ask a bunch of questions that he should have asked. Yeah. And the questions that he did ask that he didn't get answers on, which yeah. we'll get to that. It's part of the trial that really just irritates me to no end. Yeah. But he didn't get an answer on. Yeah. So I think... It's kind of a combination of both. Right. I do. And the jurors that we heard from on Last Defense or whatever, I mean, really, they came in with their minds made up. I think they just came in with their minds made up. They had this move 
to the trial was moved to Kerrville mm-hmm. um, because super they did, conservative. Yeah, they didn't think they were going to get a fair trial in the Dallas area. In a where did the trial, where did the thing happen? Where it was in Rowlett. Rowlett. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I don't know if it's in Dallas County, but it's yeah, it's in the, right there. Yeah, it's in the Dallas area. So they moved the, the trial, and Dallas itself it was not a particularly conservative place no. to have a to have a trial. But they thought she wouldn't get a fair trial in because that, of the publicity. Yeah, because of the publicity. So they move it to Kerrville, and I think Kerrville had something like a, literally like a 97% conviction rate mm-hmm. of, of crime like this. So, I mean, that in and of itself, moving it to Kerrville kind of sealed their fate. Right. I think before. And I remember reading that, you know, when the new defense attorney came in, Mulder came mm-hmm. in, he was like, you know, requesting the move to yeah. move it to Kerrville. And the prosecutor's like laughing at him, like, yeah. sure, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, move it <laughs> like, to Kerrville. Fantastic. Yeah. But that kind of sealed their fate. I mean, so many things just sealed their fate. The police had their minds made up when they got there and got moved to Kerrville. And just lots of things, I think, combined kind of mm-hmm. sealed her fate. Anyhow, so trial was moved to Kerrville. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about the memorial service yet. We can talk right. about that. Right. So first, actually, it's first the funeral. So the funeral, how long was it? Maybe we can find this real fast. How long after the murders was she arrested? She wasn't free very long. Do you have that? Let's see. June the 9th. Oh. So it was three days. She was arrested June 9th? Well, no. The funeral was Funeral June the was 9th. the 9th. She okay. was arrested June the 18th. Okay. So, so. the funeral, this, this happened on June 6th. Funeral was June 9th. Also something brought into, that the prosecution brought up, was that at the funeral they played... The song. Oh, Gangsta's Paradise. At the funeral. What? Yes. At the, and this is true. And, Dar- and Darren talks about it. I mean, it's totally true. So at the funeral, they play the song Gangsta's <laughs> Paradise. And Darren and Darley just said that, that was one of their, I don't know that they played it like during the middle of the funeral. But right. Like maybe at the end when, I don't know, when people were walking well, by the casket. And I mean, that movie came out. Yeah, it was from the same time period. Absolutely. Right. It was a new song. And they said the boys love the song, and they walked around singing Gangsta's Paradise, which I could just kind of see, though, with Darren, and, like, they're just, Darren and Darley were young, and I can just see it. It's no different than Let It Go now. Yeah, exactly. It's just a a different genre. the movie of the day. Yes. Exactly. So they play Gangsta's Paradise at the funeral, at the beginning, or the end, or there was a video made, I, I don't know. Anyway, but a big deal. The prosecution made a big deal, like how inappropriate it was. And I mean, it's kind of weird. I agree. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it doesn't surprise me with the characters that were, they were just characters. Darren and Darley were characters. They were very vibrant. They were just... very vibrant. They were no John and Patsy Ramsey. 100%. <laughs> they were 180 degree opposite of the Varenzis. So uh, they were characters, and it just really doesn't surprise me that they played that at the funeral because they were just, she was walking around with triple Ds, and he was walking around, driving his jag, and driving, yeah. you know, champagne wishes. champagne wishes, like it just <laughs> wasn't, anyway, it was kind of in character, frankly, to me, with the Routier family, but they, so the prosecution made a big to-do, though, of that they replayed their song at the funeral. And then a few days later, after the funeral, was Devin's birthday. Yes. Yes. It was the 14th. The 14th. Okay. So it was five days after the funeral. Mm-hmm. So they had already mailed out invitations to his birthday party. Correct. Yes. I mean, obviously. Yes. I, a week. A week. Right. Yeah. A week after the murders. They'd already mailed out invitations, so family and a few friends were already going to get together, obviously, to celebrate his seventh birthday. Uh-huh. So they still wanted to get together to memorialize, I guess, his birthday, to commemorate his birthday, but clearly where he was now was the graveyard. Mm-hmm. So they decided to have their own little family and a few close friends memorial service. And the kids, I think. Yes. Oh, yeah. Friends. And the kids. Yes. Yeah. The kids, their friends. And have a memorial service and then kind of, not a celebration, but a commemoration. Right. If you will. But um, let's be clear here, because this is something that I didn't know. Yes. The memorial service was very somber. Very, like, yes, crying. No, I didn't know it either until I saw it. But yes. yes, very somber. It was a completely appropriate memorial service. One hundred percent, completely appropriate. And guess emotion. who was there? The media. Uh-huh. The media was there. They got it on tape. Yep, they were there. Yeah. 
They were there. So Darlie's sister, who strongly still maintains Darlie's innocence, and interestingly, even Darren's parents, Darren, everyone still maintains Darlie's right. innocence. Right. No one thinks that Darlie is guilty, and Darren still 100%. They, they did divorce later, and they were they But, I mean, married. it wasn't too long ago that no, they No, they stayed married quite a long time after Darlie went to prison. And to be honest, can you blame him? Like, no. if he wants to no, go on and live his life. absolutely not. When people are in prison, you I never think yeah. anything about them getting divorced once they're in prison. Right. Because then you're kind of chained to that event and to uh-huh. that. You can't really leave that event behind. So, anyway, they did divorce, but they stayed married for quite quite a long time after she after her imprisonment but he still 100% maintains her innocence as does his family as does everyone related to them still maintains Darlie's innocence but anyhow her sister is still one of her outspoken supporters but her sister knew that one of Devin and Damon's favorite things was silly string they always loved silly string always played with silly string Mm -hmm. so Darlie's sister brought silly string to the memorial service slash birthday commemoration so after the somber memorial part they broke out the silly string Mm -hmm. they sang happy birthday and sprayed silly right sprayed it at the grave they were laughing they were having fun i remember vividly watching the video where darlie's like smacking her gum gum. and they're talking and laughing and shooting silly string and if you just saw that i i remember it because it stuck out to me 100 as really weird for a grieving mom to be doing that. Yes. That's why I remember it. It looks off and off and weird for a grieving mom to be doing that. And she really was smacking <laughs> she was smacking yes. that gun. One hundred percent shooting it. I totally remember it. And and remember thinking that it looked really inappropriate. But with the whole backstory of they had just had this somber memorial service her sister brought the silly string. She didn't bring silly string for everyone to right. spray on the graves. And you know, he'd probably been holed up crying for two weeks. And it feels good yeah. to sing happy birthday and to laugh a little bit and to spray silly string. And they and they were saying when they were saying, spraying it, we love you, Devin and Damon. We love yes. you. And they were spraying it and they were just trying to do something that the boys liked and would have mm-hmm. liked and well not to mention you still have these young kids here that were friends right. with them right like let's make it a little bit less somber exactly. for these kids exactly so in the entirety of the whole context to me it's not damn no it doesn't look not damn. at all no however however since the media was there not one of them reported anything about the memorial service it was all the silly string yeah. and everybody listening probably remembers the silly 100 percent. how many of you knew that they had a one hour i think it was an hour yes the memorial before that yes and and just to like a it, pastor came and pray i mean it right. was a very Right. And just to take it a step further, which I know it's kind of jumping ahead of myself, but the jurors asked to watch that video when they were in deliberations like 10 times. Yeah. I'm thinking nine. Obviously. Over and over. They watched it during deliberations. Yes. Yeah. They kept asking to watch just that, just the silly string. Yes. So it was a huge, played a huge Huge role. role. And you know, now they've talked to some of the jurors who have said if we had known, then it probably would have changed the whole outcome. So why was that not brought up? How did the press, again, I think the defense. So here's something that I was holding off, but since we're kind of getting there, one of the lead detectives for the case, and I don't remember what his name was because there were several big detectives that Mm -hmm. were involved. So he put a wire out. At yes. the gravesite, yep. which is against the law. Which like, is illegal. You're not supposed to do it. So he put a wire out at the gravesite because he wanted to be able to hear, you know, his thinking was if they really, if Darlie really did it, she'll go out there and she'll confess yep. to the graves. Apologize. Yes. I'm sorry, Over boys. and over again. Know, yeah. So the detective, first of all, never got that right. confession. But second of all, you know, he got to hear the memorial. Right. He got to hear the birthday. So at the trial, this is the one thing that I was saying earlier, like the defense attorney asked the right question but did not get an answer because he asked that detective ah did you record at the gravesite and the detective said i plead the the fifth fifth. yeah i forgot about that so obviously that is huge Huge. so Uh, then all of that is and that alone should have been a red flag for the jurors i totally forgot about that yeah plead the fifth yeah he just you know, not only that, but, like, he had a bunch of notes written. You know, the little pocket yep. notebooks that officers carry. Yeah. He had a bunch of those notes written. Would not turn them over. He didn't Refused. Fled the vet. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's crap. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. So, to me, 
that shows... Screams of, it screams yeah. of guilt and just of incompetent... I just... A little... It just really breaks my heart for her and her whole family. It's like tragic. And for Drake, he has lost it's his brothers and his mother. And then he got cancer. Yes. You know, the, so Drake got cancer, leukemia... I mm-hmm. believe Drake, this the baby at the time, he's now, I don't know, 23. In his 20s. Yeah, yeah, but he got leukemia in his late teens, and he is in remission. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he was freaking cancer. Darlie's in prison. Darlie can't be with him or support him or hug him or help him or do anything to support him mm-hmm. through leukemia. She had to just sit in jail and know that her son had cancer. Right. So, anyway, it's just a really horrible tragic situation but frankly the trial being moved to the trial being moved to Kerrville Kerrville Kerrville, yes gosh that kind of sealed the deal to me honestly one interesting thing about the trial that I read there was there there were sorry 33 thousand errors Uh did you read did you see that yes 33,000 errors made by the court reporter in the trial transcript and she has been like disbarred I don't know if you call it disbarred but yeah She's thirty-three thousand errors. Yes, an average of that. We look uh, looked it up. An average number of errors in a trial transcript is six thousand, uh-huh. which is still a lot. That surprises right. me, but I guess That's they're five typing. times more. Thirty-three thousand. Anyway, I thought that was striking. Yeah, it was striking. Thirty-three thousand errors in the trial transcript. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. She just didn't stand a chance. No, I just don't think she stood a chance. Yeah. So nowadays, I mean nowadays, now she has been released from her duties and she can never, ever, ever be a court reporter again. Right. But they didn't stop to think, well, then maybe this literally that should have been a retrial because of that. Just 100%. Just because of that, it should have been a retrial. Yes. So interestingly, and I have read this book, the biggest book that was written, I guess, about the trial or the one that sold the most copies or whatever. It was called Precious Angels. Mm-hmm. An author named Barbara Davis wrote this book called Precious Angels. And she uh, she got to sit in, that she sat in the trial. And now she thinks Darlie's innocent. Now that uh-huh. she's privy to all of this information, Barbara Davis is one of Darlie's like, most outspoken supporters for a new trial. Mm-hmm. And she now donates any proceeds. She's left it in print. But she donates all the proceeds back to Darlie's, not defense, but I mean for her, anyway, for her defense. Right. For, for Darlie to get a new trial. To right. hopefully support, you know, them being hiring an attorney and her getting a new trial. So she's left the book in print to be able to donate all of the, all the proceeds back to Darlie's defense at this point. She's totally changed her mind. She saw the whole trial. She saw everything. And now she is horrified to see the bruises on Darlie's arms, to hear that there were 33,000 errors made by the court reporter, to hear about... You know, all this stuff that, that nobody heard about. Yeah. And shout out to Crime and Wine Book Club. Oh, yeah. Oh, we woo, just woo. finished reading that book. So yes. That's good. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's astounding to think that the people who knew everything now, and same with the jurors, the people who heard everything now say, wait a minute, we can't convict her based on Yeah. That. Except for the prosecutor because yes. he's just going to be. He's so, he's terrible. You guys need to go back and watch The Last Defense because the when you watch the prosecutor and when you watch the jurors, it just it seals the deal in my mind that it yes. was just has got to be overturned. Like the juror about the breast but, implants. Yes, uh-huh. yes, because I I don't remember that part uh-huh. of the show. And so another shout out, Killer Queens podcast. I love them. Yeah, and I listened to them and they played the clip from her interview yeah. afterwards. Yeah, 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 and she's talking about well, she had breast implants what kind of mother would spend seven thousand dollars on breast implants clearly she was a trashy woman right like, at one how was what a trashy woman or with someone with breast implants like how could you have how does that translate into it being someone who would kill her children right but two also at the time in dallas i mean you know and then like i said big boobs especially at the time not just a little lift but like these triple d's but like at the time i think some plastic surgeons in dallas with particularly women in this income bracket they were all doing it oh 100 it wasn't all a weird thing for i mean it had jumped and i wish that i knew the numbers i wish i had written them down but one of the co-hosts of killer queens works for a, a 
cosmetic surgeon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And she said she looked up the numbers, and I, I want to say, I mean, it was a good amount oh, of people. Absolutely. Now, granted, it gets higher and higher every year, but even in '96, oh, yeah. it's still women in uh, that income bracket in right. particular in that region of Dallas. It was they were all doing it. It's, Dallas people. Yeah. I mean, it is Dallas and they were real they were really wealthy. It was yes. not expensive. It was a drop in the bucket for them. She loved I mean, it was just nothing. It was completely did not correlate at all. And the jurors thought it was a big deal. Oh, right. Well, she had breast implants and yeah. This the same juror, she was like I was she was pregnant herself during the trial and so she was just and it just kills me because I'm like, I know this is going to sound horrible, but how many secrets are you hiding? Because right. you know you she's perfect. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. All you perfect women who judge the <laughs> lady with breast implants. It's just, uh, anyway, I don't even see why we know that Darlie has breast implants. Why that was even ever. Right. Ma- Although it was obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think she Although would be. it was obvious that she had breast implants, why it even deserved a, pl- a place in the trial. Right. It just didn't even deserve no. a place in the trial. Not at it all. It shouldn't have been talked about and it yeah. So the jury goes to deliberations on February. I'm sorry, January the 31st. Okay. Is when. I mean, this fast. Yes. It was really fast. Yes. That a crime was committed in June, and they are already have her in jail and have a conviction or, or getting, I mean, yes. six or seven months. January 31st. Fast. To assemble a jury. Yes. For, and, the, and the prosecutors did say, Doug Mulder said he didn't have time. He just didn't have time to organize a defense no. like he should have been able to. It was just so I fast. mean, talk about a speedy trial. Exactly. But February the 1st, they returned a guilty verdict. Now, in my mind, yeah. there are some murder trials out there that I have seen that it was, in fact, one of them, I will never forget reading, it was like 15 minutes. <gasps> but the dad had legitimately killed his two daughters while his ex-wife was on the phone. This was in <gasps> Dallas as well. It's so sad, and I was like, thank you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But for this, right. for such a big trial, and well, within less than 24 hours later, and she's what they found say? guilty. I think they say, like, for every week, there's, there is some breakdown. They say, yes. like, for every week that a trial lasts, that should be at least, like, a, a day, day of deliberation. Yes. Yes. And so, theoretically, it's kind of like the OJ, the OJ case. There should have been, like, what, 30 days of, it was like, Right, 30. and it was like. 30, 30 weeks minutes or 45 weeks or something. Yeah. The OJ, they should have deliberated for like a month and they deliberated yeah. for like two hours. But anyway, yeah. anyway, with all that said, this this case deserved obviously more deliberation 100%. than it got. And it just went to show that their minds were right. right up. They probably. And then on February the 4th, after one day of sentencing testimony, she was sentenced to death. Already sentenced. And here's another thing, too, and I don't think we mentioned this, but when she went to trial, they did not charge her for both boys. Right. They only charged her with one because yeah. if something fell through, they, got they to could try still her again. use the it other wouldn't have boy. been double jeopardy. Yeah. Correct. So Which is she just was, so shady. It is. It's so gross. shady. So they only tried her for one murder. So yes. if she were found innocent, they could have they could have tried her again for the other for the other son and yeah that is weird and gross but yeah so she was found guilty really really quickly they probably sat down took a poll went around the room yeah and she was found guilty and they really thought so darren really thought she was going to go home i mean they really yeah her family thought she was probably going home that night and mm-hmm. nope yeah so then she gets I have a lot of stuff on this, but I'll make it really, no, really good. quick. Um, in 1998, J. Stephen Cooper was appointed as her appellate attorney. And that's when he, you know, hears about the court transcripts right. being so crazy. 33,000. He, so the judge yeah. orders an inquiry into the yeah. whole thing. Judge, in 1999, so this is a year, I don't right. know how many months, but it's a year later. Yeah, the next year. Judge appoints a court reporter to recreate the trial transcripts. Okay. This lady, this second court reporter, was not even in the courtroom. What? But she recreated and she said, oh, she said she had not attended the trial and she refused to certify the new transcript yeah. once she completed it. Because obviously, of not. there's all of these things. The judge approved the new transcript anyway. <gasps> mm-hmm. what? Then the in 2000. The Texas Court of Criminal Appeals overruled Darley's objections to the corrected court reporter's record, and they they forced the appeal to go forward with an uncertified and uncertain <gasps> record of the trial. What? Yes. 2001, 
On July 25th, Darley's brief was filed an appeal of her conviction. Mm -hmm. 2002, the Court of Criminal Appeals holds oral arguments on the appeal of Darley's conviction on March 27th. On July 12th, her post-conviction attorneys, including Richard Smith, who I think is her now defense yeah. or appellate attorney, yeah, yeah. filed her application for writ of habeas corpus with the state trial court and the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals. 2003, on May 21st, the Court of Criminal Appeals issued its opinion denying Darley's direct appeal. Mm -hmm. In July, the trial court appoints longtime death penalty defense attorney Richard Byrd to serve as the lead attorney on Darley's habeas corpus petition. Mm. In November, Darley's attorneys file a motion for DNA testing uh -huh. to be conducted under the Texas post-conviction DNA statute. We're almost done, I promise. Yeah. 2004, on August 4th, the trial court denied Darley's habeas cor corpus petition. Somebody just doesn't like Darley. Yes. It is just Clear. Yes. That, it's, yeah. it's, it's insane. Just, it's just, the writing is just on the wall. Uh -huh. She's not getting out. Like, it's just. I know. I know. It's crazy. On December the 1st, the Court of Criminal Appeals likewise denied the habeas corpus. Uh. 2005, on November 29th, while her application for post-conviction testing was still pending in state court, her attorneys timely filed her application for writ of habeas corpus in federal court. Okay. So, to go to the federal yeah, appeals. Yeah, they took it up. Yep. 2006, in August, a stay order was issued in the federal case to pause the proceedings there while the DNA testing issues were being decided by the state courts. Right. 2007, on January 25th, state trial court issued an order denying all state. of the DNA it's testing. Clearly, the state. I know. Yeah. She appealed that order to the Court of Criminal Appeals. I just don't understand that. I just. What? Yeah. 2008. They're just June, asking for testing. Just, I know. They're not asking for her release. Right. Or for it's a pardon. probably because they know that they're exactly. going to find her innocent. They're just asking for I know. fair testing. Not I know. even for a new trial. Just testing. Mm -hmm. They're not even... Anyway. I know. 2008. On June 18th, the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals issued its opinion reversing in part the trial court's denial of post-conviction DNA testing. Although the order did not grant everything that Darley had requested, it was still the first significant step setback for the prosecution during the post-conviction proceedings. Okay. In July, the federal court lifted its previous stay of that case, leading Darley to file her motion for discovery in federal court the following month. On November 11th, United States District Judge Royal Ferguson issued an order granting nearly all of the discovery had sought. 2009, in February, Darley applied to the federal court for funding of the forensic discovery that court had granted. In March, the court granted that request for funding, but in April, the chief judge of the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit denied the funding and ruled that the federal court should await the results of the DNA testing being conducted through the state courts. The federal habeas corpus case was promptly stayed after that ruling. Yeah. State. Somebody in Texas has I know. Has it makes it Texas look horrible. I know. And I, man, I'm usually a proud Texan, but... Texas scares the crap out of me when it comes to when it comes to prosecutors and conservative juries. And I tell you what, I thought this was interesting because we're here in Waco. But after Darley's conviction, there's a millionaire here in Waco, and I've heard of him, Brian Pardo. Have you uh -huh. heard of him? Okay, so he spent a hundred thousand dollars on an independent investigation of the murders. So Texas Monthly, you know, did this huge. Texas Monthly has been following this case for right, yeah. And shout out to Texas Monthly. Oh yeah, like they absolutely. always have some of the best. They to do, host. and it, they've really had their articles on this case have been incredibly unbiased. I mean, mm -hmm. they are very much invest doing investigative journalism. They're not biased at all in their reporting of this case. So Brian Pardo spent about a hundred thousand dollars on an independent investigation of the murders. He did some handwriting analysis on Darley, which I'm not really sure why handwriting analysis. Are, this is not Patsy Ramsey. Right, we are not talking <laughs> Ramsey case here. But anyway, he does some other testing on Darley, and he persuaded Darren to take a lie detector test. Huh. It was administered here in Waco. Interestingly enough, yeah. Guess what? Darren, we shouldn't be lying. Surprise, surprise, surprise. 
So they asked Darren four questions. Were you involved in any plan to commit a crime at your house on June 6th, 96? Which is interesting because he didn't say to commit a murder. It was to commit a crime. Crime. Yes. So did he arrange even for someone just to come again, break into his home that night, who then in turn could have found them and killed them? Mm -hmm. So they're not saying, did you want to have the murder? They're just saying, you know, were you involved in any plan to commit a crime? Did you stab Darley? Do you know who planted the sock in the alley? And can you name the person who stabbed Darley? So if Darren was just having someone come burglarize the house, you know, do you know who came and who stabbed Darley? He said no to all of them, and he failed. So I, I just think Darren knows something. Mm-hmm. I just think he knows something. Now, obviously, this isn't admissible in court, even were she to get a new trial. But to me, I just a, a lot of me is just hanging on to someone he knew someone was breaking into the house that night even maybe left the door open for them and they didn't know that Darlie and the kids were sleeping in the living room and ended up killing them. It's kind of where I'm, kind of the camp that I'm in. So anyway, so he didn't deny that he failed the test. He, he, he acknowledged that he failed the lie detector test but he said that he felt manipulated by the examiner. Said he spent two hours upsetting him with a million different questions and just got him kind of in a, you know, got him so upset and then then he hooked him up. So uh, he also speculated that he was just suffering from survivor's guilt and so he just felt guilty that he was sleeping upstairs and he wasn't stabbed or whatever. So he said, I think I was just suffering from some survivor's guilt and he envisioned himself at the scene trying to help the kids and he wasn't able to help them and he just felt really guilty so Mm -hmm. which is oj oj said he failed because he envisioned you know he had envisioned himself doing things before and so that's why he failed so to me that's kind of screams oj simpson but so that's what he said he said he thought he had some survivor's guilt and maybe that's why he failed but i just think darren knows something I, I 100% I agree. I don't think Darren is being honest, and I think he knows something. I think it's interesting if he knows something, that he still is proclaiming Darlie's innocence from the rooftops, which he does, because he could be like, oh, well, I think she did it to get himself off the hook, but he's already off the hook. She's already convicted. Yeah. She's already in prison, and no one's coming after Darren, and no one's ever going to come after Darren. But I, uh, Darren knows something. Yeah, he definitely knows something. I mean, I will say, I guess as damning as it sounds, that he, you know, failed... Right. The questions from a polygraph. I myself don't don't trust yeah, polygraphs. Absolutely. They're you know, not admissible. So They're not no. I, I, mean, I don't think that no, I don't think that. Because I mean, and this is something that I've talked about with people before, like I know that I'm innocent. Right. But you're still going to be nervous. You're being hooked up to a machine. And there's a reason they're not admissible. Because people fail them all the time. um, Or pass them all the time. You can take certain medications that Mm -hmm. keep you calm. And I mean, they're just, there's a reason they're not admissible. But it's interesting that he, then he like brings up this survivor's guilt and all of this stuff. I know. Amy's rolling her eyes. Because (laughs) he just was so ridiculous about so many things. And I mean, who when they're in debt, like... Even if we were in debt like that and trying to come out from underneath it, like, who who really thinks of, like, hiring someone to break into their home and steal things? Like, why don't you just sell your really expensive house and your really expensive boat? And your car. And your Jaguar and buy a smaller home and, like, pay off your debts. Like, what makes sell you... Sell the business. Exactly. Like, who is that concerned with, I don't know, all of these trappings that they want to hire people... I don't know. It just, mm-hmm. he's just, he's shady. He's shady all the, all the time. He clearly exhibits so much of this shadiness where Darlie never did. Mm-hmm. She never admitted knowing she in prison said she was shocked when she heard of that plan. Now, who knows if she's being honest or not, if she had heard of the plan or not, but she said she was shocked by it and she had, she had no previous knowledge of it. So right now there is a bloody fingerprint. They're still trying to get testing on there was an unknown i think it's a half fingerprint maybe uh-huh. yeah but there was an unknown bloody fingerprint found at the scene that has never been tested so right now they're trying to get that fingerprint tested because i mean why would there be another fingerprint there right i mean that wasn't darley's or the boys yeah 
So who's who who could it have belonged to? Who else? I mean, I guess maybe uh could be an investigator. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me as horrible as they yeah. were at trying to solve this case. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, horrific. So who knows who it could have been, but that is something that is currently that they're trying to push through is allowing this fingerprint to be tested. Obviously, they're still trying to get our new trial. They also just don't have any money. So the family's broke. Mm-hmm. So I mean, very, very quickly the house was repossessed. I mean, they were already two months behind on mortgage payments, but I mean very, very quickly the house was repossessed neither of them were from any money they spent all their money and took out these huge loans for for Doug Mulder who was a very mm-hmm. well-known defense attorney so they spent tons of money on this defense attorney and uh, so I mean the whole family's in all sorts of debt Darren's in all sorts of debt right now so they really also just don't have any money to do any independent right. testing of these fingerprints to do anything so this made me think about the Ramsey case also where sometimes it just benefits you to have money yeah. I mean, it just does. It does. Yeah. 100%. And they're broke, and they can't they can't really afford any of that. So even now on Facebook and all these things, they're, they ask for, do, you know, they're asking for donations. There are pages, Darlie's mm-hmm. Innocent pages out there that they are ongoing, you know, wanting donations because they want to just do some independent testing of things, and they can't afford it. So yeah. anyway, but that's all kind of ongoing. She's in Gatesville, which is only like 30 miles away from us. I know. Here in Waco, and it, it's crazy to me that Darlie's like literally 30 minutes from us in prison. Yeah. Yeah. It would be... Uh, I mean, honestly, I would never do it, but it would be so cool just to go talk to her and be like, tell me your story. Fascinating. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Apparently, she loves mail. We should write her a letter. People say that she tries to answer all of her letters. She loves getting mail. It really is something that she looks forward to is opening her mail and Mm. having something to do to correspond with people, and she loves getting mail, so that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Write Darlie a letter. So, uh, So, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, you know Texas, I mean... I'm not shocked if she gets executed, frankly. She's been on death row a long time. She has. She has. But hopefully they'll find something before it comes to that time. tragic? Yes. Tragic for her to actually be executed. But I can't say it would shock me here in Texas. She's been on death row a long time, and clearly Texas has got something for darling. Texas is not. Yeah, Texas, someone in the higher-ups in the Texas Mm -hmm. judicial system is not wanting Darlie to get right. a new trial or not to get fans at all absolutely so I can't say that it would shock me if she were executed but I can say that it would be tragic and I can say that it really scares me the more and more I think that I research these cases and we research these cases like JonBenet or like this the scarier it is to just see once people make their minds up about your guilt uh-huh. they make your mind up they make their mind up in about four or five hours they make their minds up in both of those cases as soon as they got on the crime scene and once their minds are made up man good luck yeah good luck yeah it brings to mind a case that I really want to work on, so I don't want to give away too much. Ooh. But there's another Texas uh-huh. case where the person was wrongly convicted, yeah. and he was actually executed. <gasps> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, once their minds are made up, you're out of luck, and particularly if you don't have enough money. Mm-hmm. Money talks in some of these cases that you yeah. know, can afford you some independent investigations and things like that. But anyway, she's still on death row. I don't know that I'm... A hundred, you're like pretty much a hundred percent convinced she's innocent, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, you're a hundred percent convinced. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty convinced. I'm pretty convinced. I would say I'm like 75% convinced. Yeah. A little part. I mean, I don't know. None of it lines up. Why she would have done it. Why none of it lines up. But I'm not as convinced as I am, say, of like the Ramseys. But, but I'm, I'm pretty, I'm 100% convinced she should have been found not guilty. Oh, oh yeah. But not but guilty clearly doesn't mean innocent. It just means not proven guilty. Yes. But I'm 100% convinced that she should not have been found guilty. So I agree. Yeah. want to hear from you guys. Y'all were great. And I loved all of the feedback back when we did John Binet, like when we pulled you and said like, you know, what do you think? Guilty? Not guilty? Undecided? So I'd love to know what the listeners think. Yes. want to hear this. So we'll do a poll. Yeah. And don't forget, you can find us on Facebook at 1096 Crime Chicks Podcast. On Twitter, the handle is at 96 Crime. Instagram, again, I'm still learning, but it's 1096 Crime Chicks. I'm still not even on Instagram. <laughs> don't go to Instagram. And our email is 1096crimechicks at gmail.com. So, yeah. You'll be hearing from us soon. You'll be hearing from us again soon. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.